Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Indiana Pacers will be playing in, but how good are they? What is the difference between this Memphis Grizzly team and last year's? Plus, when and where will the Oakland Athletics move? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. No one told the Indiana Pacers on Tuesday night that the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff race was not as good as the West. They beat the current top seed Philadelphia 76ers 103-94. Joining me now from Locked on Pacers, Tony East. And Tony, the Pacers are still stuck in that play-in race with the Hornets and the Wizards. What is it going to take here for them to make a real push to get in and, and be a real factor here? against a team like Philadelphia. Yeah, the the Bulls loss actually combined with this Pacers win basically clinched the play-in for the Pacers. So huge night for them in terms of setting themselves up for basketball beyond the regular season. Um, you know, th- they could do well against any of these teams. They have beaten the Celtics and Hornets already this season. They've struggled with the Wizards, although two of their three losses were very late in the fourth quarter. They have decent matchups there. So they're definitely pushing... Um, to make some noise in that play and they're tied for the eight seed with the Hornets. Now they can keep moving up. They're playing very well at the right time. So uh, it could be a good t- opportunity for them to right some of their wrongs from earlier this season, sneak in with a better seed than most expected and make some noise in the playoffs. It's not like they don't have the horses. This is not some, you know, also ran group. This is guys, guys like Malcolm Brogdon who have been in these playoff matchups and some good young talent here. Yeah, Lavert's been really dazzling recently. Uh, he had 24 again in this win over the Sixers tonight. He always seems to do well against the 76ers, and his dis- distributing ability has really come into to focus more of late as well. Only five, only air quotes, five assists against the Sixers, but had eight the prior game against the Cavs. Looks really good as a distributor. Sabonis, his second double double in consecutive nights or triple double. Wow, <laughs> in consecutive nights for him, he's yeah, been. Yeah, don't undersell him. <laughs> no kidding, he's been ridiculous. He had a 20 and 20 game against the Cavs. Um, so he's been really distributing well, doing a lot of stuff for them on the perimeter and the inside. He's doing every part of his all-star self to to will the Pacers to more wins and, and get them to this playing push. They clearly have, like you said, the horses and the talent to to do some damage if these games come to this. And those two guys in particular peaking at the right time could be good for them. Their chemistry looks great. Brogdon could come back anytime now. Uh, same with Miles Turner. He hasn't even been playing. I mean, that could up their defense that has really struggled against the Wizards in particular to another new level which could be huge for them. So they're, they're getting a lot from their, their key guys at a very good time. As we push this forward, because the Pacers, they are, and I, I said they have a nice squad with some good young talent, um, but I don't think a- any realistic scenario has them beating a team like the Sixers four out of seven times. So what do they need to do in the offseason to make this team? That's, that's sort of, hey, we're a top four, top five seed in the East a year from now. Yeah, it's the NBA. You know, you need your star power at some point to carry you. And that Sabonis is great. You know, he's an all-star for sure, but he's one of the worst ones, let's be honest. So they right. need a fringe one or another one um, that isn't duplicative with his skill set and the way that Miles Turner is to really elevate them. They went for it last summer with Gordon Hayward, and they were unable to get him, you know, after all that saga where he ends up in Charlotte, which they're ironically tied in record with now. You know, as they go forward and we learn more about this team and, their coaching staff, it's very clear that they tried continuity. 
it didn't work. They're still going to finish about 500. The next step would require them to get a, a very good bona fide, you know, all-star, superstar, whatever into their starting group and to carry them higher. Yeah. Sabonis is like the kid who graduates bottom of their med school class. They're still a doctor, but like, you know, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes. Locked on today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, the Grizzlies clinched a play in berth, but what's different about this team this year? That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Phoenix Suns were holding on tight, hoping that they could catch the Jazz. That hope went out the window Tuesday night. The Suns looking very human lately. Brendan Clean here with Locked On Phoenix Suns, coming to you after a loss to the Warriors, an unexpected loss to the Warriors on the road, but on the second night of a back-to-back for Golden State. The Suns had the rest advantage. They had the uh, energy. They had the want to. They want to get this one seed, and uh, a loss here, one that they should not have, have, have given up, ends up with no dice for that one seed. Very unlikely now with just um, three games left for both Utah and Phoenix that the Suns would make up enough ground here. Down two games in the loss column now uh, for that one seed. So that is out of reach here. And the Suns now just cross their fingers that the Lakers can get out of this play-in game and the Suns at the two seed now do not have to worry there. And that's out of their control, which is not how you want things to be. And unfortunately, losing this one, dropping some winnable games lately has put them in that position. And don't forget about the race for the lottery. The Pistons certainly didn't on Tuesday night against the Timberwolves. Exactly what needed to happen tonight happened tonight. Lockdown Pistons host here, Kuka Hill with you guys. The Pistons lose a game tonight, 119-100 to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And this game was the absolute perfect loss, man. The Pistons had 28 turnovers. Man, there was never in doubt that they were going to lose this game. Not one time in this game did I have to sit back and be like, oh my God, oh my God, they're going to win this game. We're going to lose tank positioning. But nope. Absolutely not. They had 28 turnovers, and just even at the little bit when you thought just maybe the Pistons could make it a game just in the first half at any point, don't worry, Josh Jackson had everybody. He had seven turnovers in the first half, ended the game with nine. So, you know, he did what he had to do to secure this thing. He knew it was at the greater good here. The Pistons now moved to 20 and 50 on the season with two more games left in their season. Hopefully they can lose these finals two and continue the tank on. The final score for the Padres wasn't the biggest story for San Diego today. Javier Reyes for Black Dot Padres here. Kind of a, uh, honestly, bittersweet day for the Padres. We have Tatis being placed on the COVID uh, injury list after testing positive for COVID-19. He should be back and they say around like 10 days, something like that. Uh, so that's not great. So it means Kim will be getting more at-bats. And then Denelson Lamet doesn't go much in this game. Doesn't look totally like himself only goes two innings. But the Padres still won and they scored a lot of runs. They scored 11 runs against the Giants on Sunday for Mother's Day, which was great. And then they followed up with a nice eight-run performance here, winning the game eight to one. Manny Machado being the hero here. He's been slumping, he's been quiet so far. Bases clearing triple and a two-run homer that had an exit velo of 110 miles per hour. It was a somber day around the NFL. Hey everybody, it's Chris Russell here, co-host of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Unfortunately, today we have to deliver some hard news and some tough news. 37-year-old former Washington quarterback Colt Brennan 
has passed away, according to his dad, who told that to several Hawaiian news media outlets. Apparently, he was in a rehabilitation center in California for several months. Uh, Colt has reportedly struggled with alcohol and incidents uh, of that nature in his post-playing career in 2008 when Colt was drafted as a sixth-round pick and then tore up the NFL preseason, leading in touchdown passes, yards, uh, completion percentage, quarterback rating, and where you know fans and media dubbed it the Colt of Colt. And people, some people thought, well, maybe this was our Tom Brady, sixth round pick, was well known as a collegiate quarterback, but it never worked out for Colt. He couldn't stay healthy, wound up with the Raiders after being released for John Beck in 2010 by the Shanahans and never again played an NFL down and now unfortunately passed away at the age of 37. Rest in peace Colt and uh, all the best to Colt Brennan's family. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for today on betonline.ag. The Washington Wizards look to clinch a spot in the play-in games while the Atlanta Hawks could land anywhere from four to six in the east. The betonline.ag line for the game is Atlanta giving five and a half. We know who the NFL teams will be playing, but tonight we find out when. Don't sleep on the betonline.ag NFL futures and look out for some early lines you can jump on. For all your NBA, MLB, NHL, horse racing, gambling needs, check out the latest on betonline.ag and sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag using the promo code LOCKEDON. That will get you a 50% Welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. They may not be your slightly older brothers, grit and grind Grizzlies, but this 2021 Grizzlies team is still extremely fun to watch. They beat the Dallas Mavericks last night, 133-104. John Morant goes for 24-7 and 8. Joining me now from Locked On Grizz. Sean Coleman and Sean, the the Grizzlies find themselves in a very similar position to the one they found themselves at the end of last season, which seems like it was just yesterday. What is different about this team compared to last year? The chemistry and comfort of the roster that they're on. Last year, you had several folks who were in new roles. You had several folks who were still learning Taylor Jenkins' system. You had several folks who were experiencing their first NBA season. But through all of this unprecedented stuff in the NBA and sports in general with COVID, the pandemic and all that, it actually has presented some off time for this Grizzlies team to work together, gain chemistry, gain an understanding of what makes each other successful and knowing each other, the depth, the progression, the development that has come from Taylor Jenkins playing with John Moran, and now the knowledge these players are having have playing with each other, that's what stands out. Yes, we're still going to struggle being the youngest team in the NBA, but as you see tonight, and it's happening more frequently now than it did last year or even at the beginning of this year, on any given night, this team truly can play better than anyone in the league. What, if anything, does John Morant need to do to take that next step as a superstar player? I think the toughest leap to make in any sport is to go from star to superstar. 
I think that the two things that he needs to do, he is showing the ability to do more frequently now. That is the judgment of knowing when to take over a game versus the ability as a playmaker to amplify his teammates' abilities. When we were playing our best basketball at the beginning of April, it was Jaw taking a step back and being a facilitator, a supporter of his teammates and of our three-point shooting. That shine. When we played tougher competition, Jaw has now stepped up, scored 30 points, had 30 point 10 assist night the ability to do both of those things but know when to do each of them stands out and also the ability to shoot the three something that he's been doing I believe now over his past six weeks over 40 percent from three yes we need to see it over a full season obviously before we start considering him a superstar but the fact that he's shown these flashes at the time when it's needed the most for this Grizzlies team to realize their goal of making the playoffs I think is certainly the progression many had hoped for throughout this whole season where will the A's move. Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have a group of awesome base flavors. I had the coconut almond today, in fact. Absolutely delicious. And then they have these limited time flavors, and you are going to want to jump on them when you see them because they will sell out. They will sell out because they are that good. And what's amazing about them, they're all covered in 100% chocolate. They taste awesome. And yet, they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They are a a miracle, truly. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The Oakland A's may not be feeling the California love for much longer as they try and figure out a new stadium situation in the Bay Area. There are also questions about whether they will be in the Bay Area in the state of California indefinitely. Joining me now from Locked On A's, Jason Burke. And Jason, I'm going to put it to you very simply. When the 2021, the next baseball season opens, the 2022 season, I guess, uh, will we have a new team name, essentially, that we have to call the A's? Not that quickly. I believe that their lease is up in 2024, so that would be the earliest date that they could leave if this is more than a bluff by Major League Baseball and the A's to the city of Oakland. Um, and so we got at least a couple more years and in that time, if they are going to move, are they going to tear everything down? There's a lot of ground to cover on what it's like right now, but we should have a resolution on where this is going by probably August, I would imagine. So explain that a little bit for people who are not in the weeds on this. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, negotiations with local municipalities and, and city boards and zoning commissions. What at its core are the A's and the cities in the Bay Area fighting over right now? Really, the A's just want a resolution right now. They want a resolution to this fight that they've been doing for four years. The city seems to kind of be dragging their feet, um, but they also claim that the A's aren't coming to the table to talk with them. So there's just a lot of he said, she said kind of stuff. And it's it's mind-boggling most of the time. But the core of it right now seems to be that the A's asked for a vote on their uh, on their plan before the July recess. So they wanted the Oakland City Council to vote on 
their proposal for the entire ballpark situation, the housing developments, all the money that they wanted to put into the Howard Terminal area for a new ballpark. And it looks like this is a move by Major League Baseball and the Oakland A's to force that vote to happen before the council goes to recess. So uh, nothing's really determined just yet, but if that vote happens before July, you, you might be doing okay. But if it doesn't happen before the recess, maybe the A's seriously consider moving out of Oakland and going to potentially Vegas or Portland have been two that have been floated a lot today. This is a team that really since the Bash brothers has had some issues putting butts in seats and yet sports fans in Oakland in particular, they know what it's like to lose these types of teams. How important is it to the fans ultimately that this gets resolved and that the A's stay in Oakland? The fans uh, care. I, I did an emergency podcast and I'm like, depending on where they move, I mean, am I going to be able to watch them as easily? Do I have to get the MLB package to watch specifically the A's as opposed to just watching them on the local channels? There's a lot that goes into it. And it feels like after 20 years of trying to figure out where the A's are going to be, is it, is it San Jose? Is it the Coliseum site? Is it Howard Terminal? Our metal's been tested right now. We, we have been through the ringer. And if they end up moving at the end of it, it's like, was it all kind of worth it? You know, that's the downside. The, the plus side is, hey, maybe they actually actually get a, a ballpark out of this and everything would be great. So uh, it's kind of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde by moment to moment as an A's fan right now. And finally, some NBA teams are struggling for seating and some NBA teams like the Nets are just on cruise control heading into the playoffs and wondering where to get their next slice. Adam Marbeck here with the Locked On Nets podcast. Sure, a lot of people go to Giordano's when they're over in Chicago. But what about coal fire out there in West Town with that crisp crust? Maybe Burt's Place? They got that caramelized deep dish crust on theirs. Obviously traditional Chicago style. But for me, nothing really beats Vito and Nick's. They've got that going since 1949 with the tangy sauce, thin pizza, Maybe a little bit outside of the traditional for those Chicagoan guys out there, but it's a nice little spot. Where do you go for your pizza in Chicago? I wonder where Brooklyn went for a celebratory meal because, oh yeah, they did play a game against Chicago. They did beat up on them. They did take care of business and we move on. As a New Yorker, I just have to say Chicago style pizza is delicious, but it is not pizza. It is a casserole. And that take is only partially brought to you by growing up in Milwaukee and being genetically predisposed to not like Chicago things. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets and download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Thursday, yes, we're going to do winners and losers of the schedule release because the NFL is king. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Today.